This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLB, TIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Ever wanted to leap tall buildings, uphold the law, solve a crime, but just don't have the time? Go! Go! Tune in to Joy 94.9, Wednesdays from midday, when Victoria Police Gay and Lesbian Liaison Officers Gabby and Scott ask for your help in solving crime. Victoria Police Glows, Crime Stoppers, The Anti-Violence Project and Joy 94.9 working together to help make our community safe. Yes, you are, but Gabby and Scott aren't here. We've got Scott. Hi. All the way out at the Academy, and we have a lecturer and Gabby and Greg Atkins. Now, a lecturer is the uh, manager of the Gay Lesbian Advisory Unit, but it's a different name now. What's it called? It is. We're still coming up with the correct name, but um, <laughs> lo and behold, wait and stand by. But at this moment, it's um, so basically, I'm doing still doing a liaison role, but I think we'll include it to be GLBTI this time round. Whether it'll be a project role or it will be a liaison role. We've got to come up with a name. Well, be that as may, you're still the subject matter expert in Victoria Police and the Command, so that's pretty good. And we have Northwest Region Glow, Gabby Tayek. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you for having me again, Greg. Now, there are, what, how many Glows around the state? Well, last count. Um, they keep changing, but I would hazard a guess at saying 43. 43 gay and lesbian liaison officers at police stations right around the state. Pretty cool. Would that be right, Electra? Sounds great. <laughs> and always trying to increase. So we want police that are really interested in, in the role to put their hand up and say, I want to do it. And we'll increase them, in hopefully in your area, in the near future. And they work quite closely with the Anti-Violence Project. That's where I'm from, Certainly. Greg Atkinson, Anti-Violence Project. So this is a partnership show between Joy 94.9, Gay and Lesbian Liaison Officers of Victoria Police, Crime Stoppers, the Anti-Violence Project. But you're the most important part. We want you to share in the conversations, be part of this show. Uh, adopt us as your um, go-to, must-listen-to for the next 60 minutes here on Joy 94.9. Now, coming up on today's show, we've got a few things to talk about, haven't we? Well, first of all, I can't believe it's October already. And October is a hugely busy month. It's Community Safety Month. We've also got a Weapons and Firearms Amnesty, which starts this month but goes through November. It's also Safe Cycle Month, so there's a heap of things going on. And there's something amazing on Saturday as well. Do you mean I can get rid of my Kalashnikov rifles from a garage that I've had since the um, Cold War? I um, hear nothing. I see. <laughs> yes. Please the do. answer is yes. But if you do, you, what you need to do is, and we'll talk about that anyway coming up a little bit more about just making arrangements with your local station. But it's, um, we don't do it very often, so it's a fantastic opportunity. Excellent. What Last one was in 2010, so... Mm. And very successful. We'll talk about that later. What else do we have? But Saturday, something really inter- really yes, great Yes, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. It's all about Pride March on Saturday and Bake Off. And, of course, Victoria Police, we've got a very um, proud history involved in Pride March in so many various ways. And one of those is actually helping raise funds for Pride March. So we'll be having an entry on Saturday down at DT. So we'd love to see people come down and auction and bid on our cake. Um, we've had some raised some really good money over the past and I this cake that we're having is going to be most spectacular this year. Yeah, Electra and I will be there and hopefully a few other glows. So we'll definitely have one entry, maybe another maybe two entries if we're lucky. So come down and, and say hello. Excellent. And we've got a bit of music now. This is a Victoria Place Community Hour with Electra, Gabby and Greg. I'm still dancing. We're still dancing, so are we. Well, Victoria Police News this week. We often do operations around the city, in our outer suburbs, out in rural areas. And Yarra Police have done an operation over the last two weeks targeting drug crime and associated criminal activity. Police have spoken over to 
200 people and checked over 800 and over uh, sorry 800 over 8000 cars I should say and seven people have been arrested for possession of a drug of dependence and two others were given drug diversion programs three people are arrested for burglary and one person arrested for theft of motor vehicle and another one was arrested for theft from motor vehicle and um, other arrests for thefts and four other people were arrested on outstanding warrants. Now, the operation we did with the sheriff's office, and they do a great job with us a lot of the time, um, they identified 174 people with a total of 2,673 outstanding sheriff's office warrants with the value of over $800,000. So 81 people paid on the spot, which you can do, which is great. Well, they have to because their wheel's clamped. Their car is not going to move unless they <laughs> Funny do about that. that. No. They have their ways. They find That's their right. money. Um, and there's a total of 2,673 outstanding sheriff's office warrants. I've already said that, sorry. Mm. 480 warrants to the value of $147,000, almost $148,000. So great work with the sheriff's department. And we do these operations all over the place all the time. I have seen I have seen a person sneaking back, towing their <laughs> clamped car up onto the flat top and driving away. Really? And I assume they've gone on to try and remove the clamp Good at some with that. later stage. <laughs> Would that be an offence if you're removing well, the yeah, sheriff's clamp? It's, yeah, because it's someone. It belongs. The clamp belongs to someone else, so it's property that belongs to another person. So it would be either criminal damage straight out. Like but if you've damaged perhaps. that for a reason and a purpose, would be criminal damage. And if you do a crime involving a car, it's an aggravated, aggravated offence anyway. So therefore, um, well, not quite. But look, we can if if you're doing it in the purpose. It depends how we can actually seize that vehicle. So as you know now, like with Hoons, if you commit an offence and it's um, falls into a category we can actually take uh, that car and seize that straight away on the spot. The same thing with warrants as well and any proceeds of crimes. In other words, if someone has been active in criminal activity and they've purchased a car, we can actually seize that because that's proceeds of that crime. So there's a number of ways. How do people go and check on the, you know, if they do have any warrants or do have any Mm. parking fines, is there a way people can check? There certainly is, and the best way is to actually make a phone call to the Sheriff's Office and make some inquiries. And you can also do that with your local council as well. If you ah, sort of think, good. oh, you know, before the local council sends those off to the Sheriff's, it's always a good idea. <laughs> but you can just ring up and make an inquiry, um, and it's best to do that. They, you can do a payment plan and those sort of things, because there's nothing worse to being pulled over on the side of the road through a routine check, and next minute your car's being seized. There are other properties being seized when they turn up, up at your address, and it can be quite embarrassing. So it's always good to get on the front step and make some sort of arrangements. As you know, we have a great partnership with Crime Stoppers and every week we do our crimes, but we also have a wanted person. So the wanted person is someone who has been arrested for offences and hasn't turned up to court or various other things. So these people that they um, caught on warrants would have been some of these wanted people that we've been speaking about over the, the years. Now, the other part, this is called Operation Vapor. Who thinks up these wonderful names for operations? Well, actually, it's funny because now with our operations, it's all computer generated. So you have to go in and you can't have a name, like if it conflicts with the action that you're doing, because then it could be actually... Um, bad to come up with a particular name. So it's usually in an alphabetical order. It's already computer generated is what might be suitable. So we don't have that much impact in, whereas years ago you used to make up your own names. Operational Electra. Yeah. <laughs> Careful, you might get zapped. 
Fantastic. So that's um, that's quite successful, uh, vaporising crime in Richmond, just Richmond. Now, they target, obviously, geographic areas. How do they come to work out Richmond's the place to target this week? Yeah, look, that might be local information that they received or that um, there might be um, that the sheriff's officers contact them and said, look, we've, we're aware that there's X amount of people operating in the air and they go, OK, great, we want to actually look at safety on the roads. So this fits in well, well with us. They partnership up and they do um, find a safe location in which to do this because that's really important about occupational health and safety for the people that are down there. So there's a variety of different reasons as to why they might respond or there might be particular crime that so mm. there's a lot of thefts happening and a lot of um, offenders in an area um, between a certain time and date and then they can target. Well just on that I, I know for a fact uh, in Richmond, particular street of Richmond that I happen to be sharing with a, an ex-partner at a particular time the, um, so a number of people moved into two houses in the area and this little quiet suburban street area with no crime went to 100 times the crime rate in thefts from motor vehicles well, That's interesting overnight. because this particular um, targeted operation was targeting drug crime and associated criminal activity. So we bring the sheriff's office in to look at warrants as well when we're, when we're doing right. it. So obviously we've got information. Uh, the police are aware of things that are going on in the area and they go, it's time for an operation. We need to really clamp down on these issues, um, make arrests and try to um, make Richmond, in this case, a, a safer place for everyone. That's wonderful. I suppose if uh, if people are dealing drugs from a suburban backyard or even manufacturing and dealing it to low-grade um, suppliers down the mm. food chain... Um, people will travel to the location to mm. get onto the drugs. Mm. If they don't have the cash, they'll try and steal cash or steal items and exchange them for the, the, the drugs that they're about to purchase. So you've got a whole incremental approach to crime when you start chipping away at one aspect of it, haven't you? That's right. They're often enough linked in so many different ways. So that's the most important thing is about disrupting that and um, trying to break it down um, step by step and you can target different areas of that. In this way, they actually target two ways. One was the drugs and also the criminal activity associated. So in other words, the thefts in the area, um, they targeted those as well. Excellent. That's fantastic. Do you have any comments to make? You can reach this show at during the week between airtimes on gllo at joy.org.au. But stay with us. I think we might even have a Crime Stoppers coming up. What do you reckon? Why not? Let's have one. Go for it. All right. Let's do uh, Crime of the Week, will we? It's an armed robbery that's occurred on the 15th of June in Cranberry... Uh, I'm going to say cranberry. That's cranberry. <laughs> it's too early for Christmas, isn't it? Cranberry jam. All right, back to the issue. Arm robbery. An arm robbery um, in the 15th of June uh, um, where someone was armed with a knife and a machete. So it's very serious. A man was alleged to rob a 7-Eleven station in Cranbourne North just after 2am in the morning on the 15th of June. The man's approached the front front counter of the service station produced both weapons threatening the attendant before demanding cigarettes and cash he was last seen running towards south gippsland highway the man is described as caucasian 188 centimeters tall with thin build and was wearing a blue rain jacket and red cap with a yellow logo on the front we've released an image of a man who we believe may be able to assist us in our inquiries and this one you can check out on crimestoppers.com.au on the case references ca 6290. A lot of uh, our community live down that way, down mm. Cranbourne in the developing suburbs of the city of Casey. So you might have seen this man. He's quite distinctive, isn't he, Gabby? Yeah, we, always good photos. Um, if, you, if you know who he is or if you've seen him on the street, you'd recognise him from these photos. So please um, ring Crime Stoppers with some information so we can help identify him.
Mm. He's got very distinctive sort of uh, narrow face, nose and mm. chin. And he's actually got um, clothing that's unusual, like the cap is a little bit unusual. And also he's wearing gloves, which um, could be like a BMX type mm. glove or a motorcycle type glove. They're very distinct as well. So if you see something out there in Cranbourne? Please say something. If you have any knowledge concerning any crime, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or visit crimestoppers.com.au. If it's an emergency, always call 000. This is the Victoria Police Community Hour with Electric Abbey and Greg. We've just talked about um, Operation Vapor in Richmond. We've had our Crime Stoppers. Much more to come. Here's a song for you. On Joy 94.9. You're on the Vic Police Community Hour with Electra, Gabby and Greg. You're the important partner in this. And coming up a bit later in the show, we're going to talk about a fabulous little initiative from overseas that looks at different slurs in social media that are anti-gay, anti-lesbian, anti-transphobic or anti-transgender. In fact, they are biphobic, transphobic and homophobic. And we're going to discuss them. So what slurs do you see on social media sites, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on you know, all forms of social media? What slurs do you see? We want to hear. And the reason being, Electra and Gabby, is a homophobic harassment in its forms, all its forms, slurs, written, verbal, they all tend to lead on around about 70% of times to physical violence against the individual mm. where they escalate and physical violence takes a whole range of different ways from um, assaults from even violence against the person or violence against their property assaults uh, sexual assault could be even um, you know murder or or you know other forms of assault where people's mm. liberty are denied and they lose their lives in fact yep. and we want to talk recently about we won't talk about the case itself we want to acknowledge the uh, the peace march that took place in Brunswick just the other day to uh, acknowledge the tragic death of Jill Maher from the ABC. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I was. I think everyone was impressed by how involved the public became in this case and and what they did to help police solve the matter and and, I, and catch the guy or at least make an arrest um, for the murder of Jill Ma. So it was fabulous to see the community all jumping out and it's that social cohesion isn't it it's really important of that united stand and concern so it's not it's business it's private it's people that live there it's people that travel through it's and that's what that cohesion's about and it's a fantastic you know to see everyone to come together and there was a real air of just being quite silent as well which was pretty amazing sydney road being quiet for starters (laughs) Mm -hmm. as well so it was where people sort of really took to the street and made um, quite a powerful statement i think we can all agree with that so collecting together helping the police supporting the police do their investigation um, having someone charged i think we actually have to draw a line right there because the social cohesion that pulls people together, the discussions that happen up until that point are fantastic. They get results. Someone's now going to face court. But now, once that line's drawn, discussion that's inappropriate can harm the prosecution of an individual that's facing mm. charges. Yes. It can. We have to be careful what people are saying. And if you're t- Twittering or on any kind of social media, you really need to be careful about what information and what you're saying about this matter and about this person um, because it may jeopardise our case in court. So what information is it is inappropriate to put forward on social media or, or in newspapers or well, TV? I think it look, even goes back to this whole... Um, if we even look at homophobia and about um, going back to the issue just because um, inciting violence or hatred in any form, um, I just don't think is an answer for anything in our society. And I know people have a very passionate feelings and it evokes such passion mm. and um, emotional feelings for people. But at the same token, it's not an answer to... Um, to evoke other violence and hatred towards other people. It's just not the answer. 
And I want to speak on behalf of Victoria Police to thank um, everyone who sought to assist our investigation um, and we're also um, want to send our thoughts out to Jill's family and friends at the, at this difficult time. Mm. Mm. And I think, you know, over the, the past uh, couple of weeks that we've seen the importance of Crime Stoppers and how that's played a part as well and what we always say here is about if you see something, say something and how every little piece counts no matter how small you might think it might be only trivial but go with that gut instinct if you see something you go, you know, that was just a little bit old or you hear a call that we often enough do with a lot of our cases. Have you seen something? Um, this is what's happened with this case. It pieces together that jigsaw puzzle um, and no little piece of information is invaluable. We need to get loud about violence that happens in we our do. lives. We see or we, it comes across our friends, our loved ones. That's right. Yeah, we do. We, you know, really do. And if you make it a part of your life, you, it becomes easy. It doesn't become a um, – if you encourage one another to to participate and, and do this way, and it's not about being a dobber or anything else like that. It's that greater concern that if you were involved in something, you would want someone to participate and help solve a crime that perhaps may have happened to you or someone that you love. Absolutely. We're all responsible for our own safety, but also the safety of our environment, our community and the people around us. We need to make sure that um, we are doing everything we can to make sure our community is safe. And, and that's important to say during Community Safety Month. Well, practical tips. Let's talk about some practical tips for a moment. Now, we do know that um, some cases, tragic cases like that recent case, um, they're more the exception rather than the rule. Um, mm. When sexual assault takes place, when mm. murder takes place, it's usually by a person that's not known. It's usually by a person that's known to the person mm. that's the victim. Yep. A, a close family friend. And that's why they tend to investigate the loved ones first mm. and they start from that small circle and work their way out the people closest to the person that's mm. where the majority of the cases come from and very rarely do you get someone that's not known to the person that's involved in assaults yeah well the tips we're going to talk about now um, they're tips to try and make sure that you're doing everything you possibly can to make sure you are safe when you're out in the environment uh, or at home or, do, or doing anything in your everyday um, business but um, it's not guaranteed to keep you safe yeah, um, it's bit, things it's, can happen mm. It's definitely about outlining strategy to help you feel more confident with your personal safety. Um, that's the, probably the most important thing is um, how you actually feel in a, in a particular space, and that's really important, and, and how to actually act on something um, and what sort of strategies. And most of that comes down to some common sense things. But I guess with daylight savings coming up, it's a really important thing to start to think about as well. Often enough, we go out and daylight savings that we might park our car somewhere because it's in the daylight but then when we finish up at you know midnight or one o'clock or two o'clock it's actually dark so where we've left something or we've been we thought was fine but then we've got to come back to it later on and that's probably a big tip too is to aware that um, Mm. environmental things can actually change or what happens if you miss the last train what are your options have you got enough money you know you might have great intentions of planning that oh you know I'm going to catch public transport but you you know, maybe having a great time and then how do you get home? So those sort of things are about planning. And we always say in personal safety, if if you can imagine yourself doing something, that's when you evoke having a, a plan. And it's even like having, we say that as well, especially we're going to have the fire season upon us very shortly and we'll be talking about that over the next few months, about having a safety plan, what that actually means, what you can actually do. If you can imagine yourself doing it. So if you heard um, a window smashing in the middle of the night, what would you do? Where is your phone? 
don't. Think about what how you would react to that. And that's the first step in making any plan or being aware of your surroundings as well. It's not to terrify you, but it's actually to think logically, oh, what would I do? Can I reach for the light from here or did who you, can I call? Before you became a member of the police force, did you think about those things in your private life? Uh, look, to be honest, I'm originally from the country and I can honestly say I grew up with the back door not being locked or the cars not being locked in the driveway and then to come down into in a suburbia um, it took me a while to get my head around doing that because you know having a dog in the backyard I thought that was great but often enough you know even as a police officer my back door was open because I had a dog but you can't do that and it's I had to change my whole behavior a classic example when we look about changing behavior is seat belts that's a that's amazing like now you think over the years like in my lifetime I mean I'm in my 40s but there was certainly cars about where they didn't have seat belts in the back but now if I'm in a car I actually feel odd not having a seat belt on me it feels bizarre and you know there's something wrong what's missing you know I can't go far so it's all about what you practice and what you do um, is really important but the simple points I mean just being aware of your surroundings you said you know make sure you park in an area that um, later on when you finish having your your night out that it's not down a a dark alley which was light when you parked it Mm. Um, it's just making sure if you're walking along a footpath make sure you walk in lit areas make sure you walk in areas where there are other people around if possible and avoid the areas even if it might be quicker to use these areas take the longer route if it's a safer route because of lighting and people well Mm. a a mate of mine who works with me um, talked about his young daughter he's got a daughter that uh, goes out to Brunswick Street, roughly to the same clubs and pubs that tragically our departed Jill Ma um, went to. And she goes out and she travels home at any time of day or night by herself. She actually um, doesn't have any care for who might be there as she's wandering home. I think that's the first step about um, being you know, being with friends. And if your friend's wandering off, it's making sure you're with them when they wander off. Don't let them wander off alone. And that's something that we've always spoken about here, and especially with Midsummer coming up and other carnivals over the summer period, about looking after your mates, whether it's alcohol or um, anything else, is about looking after one another. And we need to do that as a community more. And, um, you know, we're not asking you to step in, but it's just really about um, being with them and, and thinking about how they're going to get home as well as yourself. Well, you're on the Vic Police Community Hour. Stay with us. We're going to have a nice discussion about homophobic slurs, transphobic slurs, all the stuff on the net, on social media that comes your way and makes your life a little bit difficult. We're going to talk about strategies to overcome it. This is the Victoria Police Community Hour on Joy 94.9 between the Police, Crime Stoppers, the Anti-Violence Project, Joy 94.9 and you. We've had a message from someone in South Yarra saying, I always feel safe at night in Melbourne. Despite the tragedy last week, it reinforced the great community spirit we have reclaim the city again be nice and classy that's what we say to everyone here on joy 94.9 nice. on yeah. the community hour now we have a crime stoppers yes a woman and two men seriously assaulted patrons at a nightclub on mckillop street in melbourne cbd early on the morning of sunday 22nd of july it's alleged the woman lunged at another woman and repeatedly slapped her across the face sometime between 4 and 4 30 a.m the woman was with four men who bashed the victim's friends when they tried to intervene 
police have released security images of a woman and two men whom we believe may be able to assist us in our inquiries. The woman's described as Caucasian in appearance, tall with a solid build and straight blonde hair. She was wearing a grey zip-up jacket and jeans. One of the men is described as Caucasian in appearance with a medium build, short brown hair, a full beard and tattoo sleeves on both arms. He was wearing a light blue t-shirt and light coloured pants. And the other man is described as Caucasian in appearance with a solid build, shaved head. He was wearing a black jacket and pants with a black t-shirt with a red pattern on the front. And if you get onto the Crime Stoppers website and put in CA6386 um, or Melbourne CBD, you'll be able to look at these images and hopefully help us identify them. This is really interesting one, isn't it, girls? Because this um, picks on that... um a phenomena that exists in Melbourne where groups of people come in together from the suburbs and they're probably not coming to have fun as everyone else is having. They're coming into, mm. well, their form of fun's a bit different. It's about creating havoc with other people and that's how they get their jollies. Um, what should you do if you think there's a group of people coming into the city and they're, they're near your club, they're hanging out the front, they're actually in your club and they're starting to harass people in a very organised and systemic way. What do you advise I, I people would, to do? I would encourage anyone to call triple zero and have police respond. Even if you're in a club and there's security, should you yeah, still call triple no, zero? Absolutely. Like if you think about it, if they're going to cause trouble and then security go to intervene and you're there, who knows what may happen. So it's about, again, your personal safety. If you think, well, straight away, are you in a position to make a phone call and um, be able to speak and be heard. So <laughs> I guess that's the other thing of what you, what you should do. And we've spoken about going up and we had um – I'm um, just trying to remember his name, who came in on the show from security and actually gave some ah. whole pile of security um, checks for us and about what he does and how he's, he mm. briefs his staff about how to deal with issues and how they act very, very swiftly. So and so the first point of call is cause the security to alert them to go, look, this, this person's just getting a little bit out of control and alert the security staff. If you think that uh, there's potential to escalate, you need to think about pros- possibly leaving yourself um, and putting yourself in a safe position where you can um, be safe with your friends. So I guess can you call the police when there's um, music and a deep bass going on? Probably not. So you know, it's best to go to the local security as your first step and then you know, position yourself away from the trouble as well. Don't stand around and watch. But calling police alerts them that um, if, if the security have intervened, they're probably just going to kick them out and they'll be out on the street outside looking for some mm. trouble. So um, it, it will give the, the police a heads up that you better head this way. Things could get, it, get, get out of hand. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we might just do our second um, crime stoppers, or will be our third one for today. And this is a really good one. We really want people to make the effort and go to cross to crime stoppers because I think there'll be a lot of listeners out there that could really identify this person. And this is to do with an indecent assault that's been occurring in St Kilda. Um, trams. So anyone that catches um, the ninety six. Oh, St Kilda Road. Trams. Yeah. So yeah. so anyone that's in sort of that area of St Kilda, um, and you catch a tram, this is one for you to take particular note. We believe there have been two incidents um, that have occurred. They've both been indecent assaults on board St Kilda Road trams um, and they seem to be linked. A woman on a city bound tram at around about 5.15pm on the 8th of June um, she was standing behind a man was standing behind her and has allegedly repeatedly pressed himself up against her and then again a 16 year old girl was also allegedly indecently assaulted on a city bound tram at around about 3.30pm on the 11th of September. We've released an image of this nine that one so yeah. a fair while ago yeah and police have um, released the image of a man who we be, may, 
may be able to help us. And the case reference for this is CA6410. And we're looking at an elderly gentleman who's got very distinct sort of um, hair, very straight and thick hair. Uh, he also wears glasses as well. So I think if you're on trams, you may very well have seen this person. It's a good one to actually remember you can access on your phone, you can access on Crime Stoppers, you can um, take a photo and you can upload that photo as well. So we encourage people to do that with Crime Stoppers as well. Now, there's almost a three year gap between these yeah. two incidents. It's likely it's, he's offended between those between times. Between those again. times. Or he's been away. Maybe he's gone Possibly. and travelled to Queensland or somewhere yeah. else. If you look at the photos and it rings, rings a bell for you, it might be someone that has gone away from mm. New Zealand or interstate or into, within the state as well. It's interesting that even though there's a quite a gap in years, they're within a couple of hours time period of travel so we're looking at around uh, five o'clock at night and about uh, three o'clock in the afternoon so both in the afternoon to early evening um, when this offender has has, um, allegedly decently assaulted women. And these are the sort of things that we do want you to call Crime Stoppers and report or or, um, the police because you're on a tram, it might be busy, everyone's squashed together, but you can tell if the behaviour of someone Mm. who's pressed up against you is not what it's supposed to be. You know if it's wrong. And often as women, we might feel that and just move away and think, okay, that's that's enough. Mm. But you need to report it because... It's not just women, it's men. I've been on the... Behaviour escalates. The Mm. train from, uh, express train used to come from uh, the Loop all the way out to Ringwood. It stopped at Box Hill Ringwood. It was one of those really super express trains years ago. And someone had a rolled up paper and would, you know, crowded train. I'd felt a little nudge in the nether regions. So I moved and I felt a nudge and he'd moved as well. And I moved again and I got another nudge. This person was not just me. I watched him. He was following around a range of people and nudging him in the groin with, mm. with the rolled up newspaper. Now, once or twice as an accident, that was systemic, that was planned, mm. that was abusive. That's right. Mm. And you think how easy it is for that offender to hop off that tram or that train and go and do it again. And so it's very easy behaviour that can escalate as well. So this is usually the first sign. And the same as um, when we talk about homophobia and language as being the first signs of something else that escalates to an assault. Um, this is the type of action, this low-level stuff that's so important to report. Now, remember, with all these reports, when you see something... Say something. If you have any knowledge concerning any crime, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or visit crimestoppers.com.au. If it's an emergency, always call 000. We've had a message in from uh, Genevieve. Thanks, Genevieve. Great show, she says. I never go out at night on my own in the inner city because of the side streets, which are never safe. And if I do, I make sure at least two friends of mine come with me. That's a pretty good idea. So when they get back, they also feel safe in numbers. For me, it's just been common sense. And Genevieve also says she often discusses with her female friends that there should be at least two to three hours parking on main roads or side streets from the main roads. If not, at least all side streets from main roads should be well lit. And I like that good idea. That's a really good idea too. It's about the time it takes to find a car, sp- mm. car spot and the, it takes you into well lit and unwell lit areas to get a park so good on you Genevieve that's a good suggestion this is Vic Police Community Hour this is the Vic Police Community Hour with Electric Gabby and Greg now we want to have a bit of a discussion with you about fabulous website that sprung up from overseas that has great relevance for us here in Australia go to antiviolence.info the antiviolence project's website and look at the second post antiviolence.info to the second post and it'll take you to a, a, a page called nohomophobes.com now nohomophobes.com is really interesting because it picks up the language that uh, people use that um, 
I suppose it's, it's casual homophobia. So it's designed as a social mirror, this website, to show the prevalence of casual homophobia in our society. Now, we know that slurs and homophobic harassment, 70% of those end up in physical violence. Mm. So it starts where people have low-grade conversations. But if you look at this page, this site, it's tracking the use of particular words like faggot, that's so gay or so gay dyke, um, no homo, which is particularly a US one that's uh, used, where they pop up into social media. And you can, you can look at uh, how many times it happens. And today it's been monitoring 23,000 or 23,500 uses of the word faggot. Not many are very complimentary. Um, no homo is about half as much again in America. It's a very big phrase when, when guys are having chatter between themselves and want to denigrate um, gays but be mates without being gay uh dyke as well is is a 3200 and so gay is about 7800 just in a day and it's going up as we're watching it we're watching the thing increment what's really interesting is that um this is linked to twitter and it's actually bringing up the people who are actually saying it their conversation their sentence and it's flicking past which is the scary part um Every split second, there's a new one that comes up, which is unbelievable, this program of how accurate it is. Well, here's one where a person says, swerve faggot. So if you're driving a car, I mean, the implication there is around um, swerve the car because you're a faggot or not. I mean, there's some some indications here that this is awful stuff. Another one here is a person says, oh my God, mean girls is actually so gay. So she just diminishes people by using the word so gay. Um, And... It's a, it's a constant barrage of, of people, uh, people's comments that are either homophobic or, or uh, transphobic or uh, lesbophobic. And the problem is that a lot of the time people don't realise they're being homophobic or transphobic. They just think that that's a type of word and language that they use in their everyday life and that it's okay to say these things. But it, it's very harmful to people who are in our community or who are struggling with identifying themselves as GLBTI. Well, one here says you may as well get faggot tattooed on your forehead and the person's name. Mm. Now, that demeans anyone that's gay. It labels them as a faggot. Mm. It talks about, well, it'd be demoralising to me mm. if you went and put the word on your head. Yeah, look, there was this really interesting... Um Really interesting um, in the UK, and I'd like to talk about it on another show because I'm mindful that we're running out, but uh, out of time. But in fact, they're now at the football. It's racism that is not used to be the most used word at the football. It's now homophobic comments, and we're talking about the UK there as well. So, is now an awareness around racism and and what that causes. The next step is really to get that out there about homophobia and transphobia. Alexa, you're spot on, and thanks for a great show today. This has been the Victoria Police Community Hour with the Anti-Violence Project. Join 94.9 Crime Stoppers. But most important part is you listening out there. And we'll be back next week, won't we? We will. So see you on uh, Saturday for Bake Off. Cheers. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.